0: Hello, and welcome to Archived Conversations, a podcast about contemporary art and politics. Uh, My name is Mia, and we have a special guest today, Emiliano Sedekassi. Hey, Emiliano.
1: Hi, Mia. Thanks for having (laughs) me.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, And tell the people a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share with the world.
1: Okay. um, My name is Emiliano Sedekassi um I am currently working in Tampa Florida. I'm an artist curator um, gallery person um, soon to be independent gallery owner um, director um, I, I art I handle art I talk about art I um, exist with other artists and, know try to uh, tackle the big issues of the day with um, with art from an from an artful standpoint
0: so if I'm gonna make a really cheesy joke so if Tampa were a bagel you would be in the thick of the cream cheese of (laughs) the art world (laughs) in the thick of it
1: (laughs) I guess, would I, you say <laughs> I, yeah, i I would say that. It's good to hear other people say that because I never <laughs> I never know like what my actual like I guess influence is um, or like how how the rest of the community sort of perceives me, but I've always tried to be someone that's in in the thick of it, like you said, you know, um, between all the worlds um, and yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, I just want to say that, yeah, you've done so much, like, I, I would like to, outside of you, let you know, acknowledged, like, I want you to acknowledge this, because everyone around you acknowledges it. Um, you know, you've shown face at so many different events, you've curated so many shows, you've really, like, You have made a a really large impact um, on the community, especially just, you know, if anyone took one second to look at your CV, you know, there's the proof, (laughs) like, you know, so. um, Thank you for always hosting um, really great installations. Uh, Also, like in the Tampa Bay area, it's like, a very cool thing, and um, I know it's a lot of hard work, uh, but I think that also, like, that kind of work lends itself to, like, such a large community of people because you're focusing on topics that are, like, familiar, um, and, like, it kind of brings, for me at least, like, a weird sense of um it's not weird but like a sense of nostalgia and stuff like that so I think a lot of people really love that um about some of your work you know Um, not speaking for your whole body of work because you do have a lot of work <laughs>
1: I've 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 made some work in my you time. are a working uh,
0: artist huh <laughs> I,
1: I, I do make some work I and I often run out of places to put it um but you know
0: I was truly um thinking about that when I was looking through your website at um all of the large scale things you've done. It's it's truly like, huh, I wonder where this stuff is right now.
1: I mean, feel free to ask me like specific ones, but like there's several big pieces. I get I have pieces sort of scattered around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: like my I'm pretty sure my whole like DFA thesis. Um, like the largest part of that installation, I mean, that broke down into three parts. It was like a, a very large fat man. Um, what it was like it called? On himself. um that, that whole installation is called Flesh Valley Extra okay. Stout. Um, cause I don't know, I was like new into like bar culture at the time. So like beer was on my mind. Um, but I mean, after that, like that large piece sort of exists in all of its parts, I think, in like a warehouse storage um, at at Vigo importing, where my dad works, like,
0: oh man, yeah,
1: put it somewhere, you know, yeah, and there's a giant it's um, huge, <laughs> there's a giant poop tower that I like a the the rocket portion of a person who had pooped so hard they launched themselves. <laughs> The air. that was one piece um also at usf but that that poop tower also exists at <laughs> that same warehouse but you know those things are probably going to get you know kind of cut up and, and thrown away man i don't want them
0: 11. to <laughs> yeah man i'm like i i just i feel like it because you have so many of those like larger i don't know to that capacity like if it's as large as that particular, um, piece, but you do have a lot of, like, life-size cutouts, and I'm just, I want to see them, like, I know that they all are from different, like, exhibitions and, uh, shows, but I'm, I'm, not to like diminish any of the meaning of it but you know those like gardens that are like whimsy gardens where it's like they're sculptural yeah. like i'm like i want something like that <laughs> kind of but like in a tasteful way you know <laughs> just to see them all in one room because that would like demonstrate it like
1: i think almost i have two in in the house with me here mm-hmm. Um, including, like, the first one I ever made, which was a guy, like, facing away from the viewer and his pants are down, and um, it was meant to be, like, someone standing at a urinal, and, like, sometimes guys, when when they're in kindergarten, they're, <laughs> they use a urinal with their pants fully, like, on the ground, and it's just, like, a bit ridiculous, and eventually you learn that that's not at all necessary or um acceptable but um you know taking that into this kind of like adulthood realm um Mm -hmm. and like the the ironic portion of it was like he's got like a butterfly tattoo on his ass but um that's the first one i ever made and i still have that one because i i think i think they only got like the ideas just got worse from there honestly (laughs) like it was just if i if i can be honest but um I have that one. I have another one here, but for the most part, I think the only we I still have several cutouts that um, Macy Macy's paint and I made for um, Homecoming at Mysguy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I we have all of
1: those, um, but the rest are are I don't know incinerated. I suppose they went to oh, the no. next...
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. But, what is that? Was that cathartic in any way, or?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it, it always, it, you make room for new things. Um, yeah, so where yes. I, I lost, I lost a bunch mm-hmm. of cutouts, but you know, there's a lot, b- a lot of space for paper mache and then eventually I lose a bunch of paper mache. Um, but those don't take up quite as much of a footprint and I can hang those and stuff like that, but you know, it's, um, sculpture. <laughs> it's always a give and take, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I, it, if you ask me, it's all been worth it. <laughs> um, I love your body of work. Um, I wanted to ask as well, um, kind of, I like to ask most guests this, but, like, what was, like, your journey? Um, I know, um, I listen, I also, like, took some time to listen to, uh, the podcast that you did with Desmond. Um, which I'll like link that below too if anyone would like to listen to it. But um, I know you said like most drawing-based artists, like if you ask them where their like journey as an artist began or how long have they been drawing, like ever since you can remember, Um, so. Where would you say, ever like you started drawing, and then what happened? Like, give us a little timeline of how you've gotten kind of to how you're working today as an artist.
1: oh boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is it is one of those things where, like um, I have an older brother, and I think I think when you're young, you sort of get different gifts from different people that. You know, maybe some things stick, maybe other things don't stick, but, you know, if you, we had people that were um, part of our family, but like, you know, uncles, parents, you know, not by by marriage, but not by blood and things like that. And, you know, so when, when people that are a little bit further removed, give you gifts, art supplies are like a really good like thing to give because it's like, oh, kids, like, you know, messing around and making little pictures. Like it's, it's nice stuff. Um, And my brother really took to that kind of stuff um, early on as well. And of course, you know, being the younger sibling, I was like, oh, well, I want to do whatever, you know, you want to do what your older sibling's doing. Um, so I I started drawing, you know, basically to keep pace with like, oh, my sibling has a talent. Let me also try and see if I have this talent. And then I, I was pretty good, I guess. Um, I mean, people, I had teachers that were, um, you know, seeing things in like, third, fourth grade, up to like, you know, in, into high school that were all pretty impressed with the things I was making. And and definitely in high school, there was like, the high school I went to gives you a fork in the road where you're like, you can either take art for a year, or you can take some kind of music for a year. Hmm. Uh, so like people that didn't have any interest in like, you know, the plastic arts, drawing, painting, or anything like that, they would mostly join the chorus if they didn't know an instrument already um but people you know i i had some already you know i had some talent developed already and i (laughs) but i never really considered myself an artist until like in high school that was how you know when it was like the first day of that art class and the art teacher um shout out to kevin ball he uh he like asked the class like okay show of hands like who here like considers himself an artist and like i didn't even raise my hand but people that had went to elementary school with me were like like pointing at me and like you know
2: yeah uh
1: and i think at that moment was like okay yeah i have some sort of identity with this um and it was you know it's it's a lot cooler to be known for being an artist than you know known for being like oh he's good at Chemistry, like it's, like it doesn't, uh, as much as as important maybe as is, you know, <laughs> as important as STEM is. um I think I've always been someone that's just like trying to be cool, I guess. <laughs> aren't uh, we all? Yeah. Um, I mean, well,
0: maybe so not. We, aren't we all? But I feel like I don't know.
1: It, I is, feel that it
0: way. is. I get it. it
1: <laughs> priority. It's a it's a priority. For sure. People want to be
0: liked,
1: you know, and admired. Yeah. Yeah, but other people, I think, I don't know, it's it's higher on my list of priorities than maybe some other people that are like, oh, I, I want to make money. It's like, well, I, I want to be cool. I don't know <laughs> about. <that." laughs> um, but, but yeah, so it was like, okay, let me, I kind of went all in on art in high school because, um, I don't know, it just made me feel like I had some kind of discernible identity. And um, I think the idea of also like making things like with my hands, because I only have like one and a half is like, <laughs> um, I think that was also somewhere in the subconscious. I think that's like also a, a very important thing to me. Um, and that's only you know, we talk about, like, cutouts, and paper mache, and, like, installations, and things like that, I think, I think all that's part of it, too, it's like, it's almost me being, like, you know, look what I can do, look, you know, and I, and kind of pushing past, like, sort of the, you know, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself for anything that happened as a result of, you know, just random chance things, and, like, you know, for people that aren't, seeing it right now or aren't familiar with me, never seen me before. Like I, I have some, you know, physical anomalies on my left side my left hand, my left leg. Um, and it's just, I think growing up and being aware of like, you know, people seeing that and people looking at that and people having a, you know, certain idea about that. It's like, I, I really, I played soccer, but I I wasn't going to be an athlete because people didn't trust me to be you know athletic because of because of that and you know I maybe I could have been a musician but uh, like most instruments require you know being pretty dexterous with with both hands Um, and you know so it really was kind of like I could I could do something that's fully independent of like established things um, or I could be like like a, a very much a STEM person, you know, I could, I could work at a desk forever and um, probably have a better life than I have now, but I could, uh, you know, I could, uh, pros I, and cons, you know, those are, those are the choices. It was like, and it was no one, I, I, I don't think anyone would have expected that, like, I would have gone the route of like, oh, let me, um, you know, very rarely spend time, at a desk and, and mostly spend time, you know, standing, making things, building, working with your
0: hands. Yeah.
1: Working, working with my hands, like enjoying the fruits of literally like my, my labor, like my handy work, you know,
0: totally. And I already see like, even like a, a lot of your work, like at least latest work, like you're very focused on like, uh, you and your body, like in, um, in different like iterations, um, which we can talk about more too, but I, like, it seems like a defining moment for you, at least in the story that you just told me, um, is when other people were pointing out your identity, like as an artist. So Mm. it, it, Seem I, I, uh, understand that a lot too, because probably the same thing where like the way that I perceived myself and my identity was like completely different than how other people were. And, um, when I made that realization, like specifically in this instance, um, and in other instances, um, in my life, uh, that. Was really like. Li- not li- like maybe life changing. <laughs> it's it, it was a, a weird um, I mean, yeah. thing to like grapple with after realizing that it's like how do people? It's it I, I guess it can kind of go into the. Um, like imposter syndrome thing if if you don't believe what the other people are believing but i think it's really cool that uh you saw that and you like embraced it and you really like went all in on that because we can all see the fruits of that labor for sure sure Sure. When,
2: when
0: when would you say did did so we kind of talked about how you kind of came into your identity as an artist. How, how or when do you think that you started to use like political theory in your work, in your practice? Were you always doing it? Or again, was there kind of a defining moment of, okay, I learned or know this thing now and I'm like (laughs) gonna use my art as a vessel to talk about it
1: i mean i think um i i've always been sort of a politically minded person Um, Mm. i mean i say that but i don't know my my grandma reminded me the other day that like there was a time like seventh and eighth grade where where my if you had asked me my stance was like Oh, like who cares about politics like like that's not it and I think I think that perspective at that time is like I think younger people maybe aren't sort of aware that like everything is politics like every like
0: yes yeah our whole whole (laughs)
1: existence is politics everything is a negotiation everything that occurs is uh decided by someone somewhere you know like um all this stuff doesn't just happen to exist um there's a whole history before it and there'll be a history after it and at any given point like that history can be uh decided you know um so but i I mean i i was always like i always knew that everything was kind of like messed up you know (laughs) that didn't stop me from like me not thinking that i was You know participating in politics didn't that that wasn't stopping me from understanding that like oh there's a lot of stuff that's really like messed up about the world and um and i think like any artist on some level is kind of engaging in a process of like creating the world that they want to see you know the the idea of creating something um you know, from, from a a religious context, it's like making something from nothing, you know, and it's like, only God can create stuff, but it's like, sure, if you want to be nitpicky, but like, we do create stuff, like we take, things didn't exist, and then we synthesize some things that do exist, and turn that stuff into a new thing. Um, In that process, I think we're, we're making stuff that doesn't exist in the world yet, and then by virtue of us doing it and making it, we we are creating like a, a little bit of a world that you know we we want to see. Um, and so, like I've, i that that's every artist is doing that. So I'm I'm definitely doing that. I mean, um, you know, I, for for a long time in terms of like educationally like I was just making work that you know I thought my professors and my teachers were gonna like and give me a good Mm -hmm. grade for and then outside of that I was making my own work constantly like I I always had like multiple like series going on there was always like the thing to show in the classroom and then the the thing to make that is the thing from the world that I want to create you know yep Um, And so it was always sort of this, like one of the the first series that I ever did like a solo show for, it was like all these paintings of like just very, um, very graphic, very (laughs) like informed by like street art and Mm -hmm. like sort of outsider art. And, um, you know, people like Jim Shaw, people like you know i was I was watching a lot of videos from like street artists, like um, there's a street artist named Blue. Um, you know, Banksy was big at the time, but i I wasn't really doing that kind of style, but but people around mm-hmm. that orbit, you know, yeah um, And so there was like you know twenty twenty five paintings that were all like that, um making these like weird characters doing all these kind of weird things. But it was like, you know, you start to ask yourself, okay, why am I making these weird people? Because like it extended into like the cutouts that you were talking about at USF, and then like it that extended into like this whole series of animations
0: and paintings. Yeah, a whole right. study. Yeah.
1: So it was always like these other figures, um, and all the and all these people are like really outside of orthodoxy, like out of the norm. They're not like, none of these portraits are, like, typical, like, people, I mean, if you, if you, I told it to someone at some point, like, yeah, you know, if you did see these people out on the street, like, you would remember them, like, it's that kind of thing, and and I think that's even part of, like, me kind of justifying my own existence, I guess, it's, like, I know that I don't look, like, A normal person. So, if I just make enough people look at other people that aren't normal, and because they're a painting, you know, they can kind of look at it longer without, you know, you know, without offending. (laughs) You know, you're not going to offend the painting by looking at it longer, but you Uh might understand that, like, oh, this is just like this is a person. Like, this person just has like specific things about them. Mm -hmm. and I also have specific things about me like oh that that one has like you know three different types of earring and a mohawk like interesting I also like jewelry but I I don't look like that but you know like people can try to start seeing themselves or see other people that they know or like make connections to other things in a time frame that's not just like ooh, what's that person doing and then like you you walk away you know like, oh looking that's looking is
0: a political act.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So like that first that first solo show that I did, um, which another shout out to Michael Murphy, Silver Meteor Gallery, um, he like that show is called It's Okay to Stare. Because I was like, let's let's make it a little bit okay for people to like l- like look at other people as long as they come away from it being like, oh, okay, well, you know people are people wonderful like that's great let's make let's make room for all these different types of people you know so there's like always been that stance of like this humanist kind of impulse to just see humanity in in everybody else um but always through like my kind of interesting weird like illustration style because you know, I I wanted to also be participating in this, like, I didn't want it to just be some kind of slideshow of, you know, weird people that did exist, like, I needed to take it a little bit more over the top, you know, and with stuff like the fat man, like, I thought it was, like, I had, like, a responsibility to, okay, if I'm going to show someone something that is, by all, you know, social norms, something that's, like, gross and undesirable and not something to look at or like definitely not something to enjoy looking at then like my intervention needs to be one that like okay people can come in and and look at it for longer because oh that's that's a nice color that he chose Or like oh that's those those lines are really doing something Mm -hmm. like that that fold right there yeah i know i shouldn't like it but i i do like it you know so it was stuff like that. Um, and then, I mean, after 2016, it was like, how do you, how do you not just kind of look around you and be like, oh, we're all going to die. Like, we're, <laughs> everything is really not in a good place um, because every oh, every barometer was like,
0: yeah,
1: every barometer before that was like, yeah, things aren't really going in a good direction. And then that was like confirmation of like, oh, yeah. They're not going in a good direction and you know what um we might have just lost like we might have just lost the the fight of like ever changing that things are gonna go in a good direction you know it's like people's people i i I don't know who said it first but it was like the quote is you know it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism well it's like i think 2016 a lot of people imagine the end of the world and we're like that seems a lot more likely than you know ever really getting out of this. So I kinda like Yeah. I kind of like pushed away from like direct political or even like the indirect political, like I was talking about before. Like I kind of pushed away from that and for a while was just making like these decorative things because it was I don't know, it was like a way of um just just kind of dealing for a while. Yeah. Um,
0: Creating your own world.
1: Exactly. Like
0: Going
1: back, right? Back to that. You mentioned, I mean, people probably, if they're familiar with what I've done, it's like I was making a lot of work that was like, looked like stuff from the 80s. I mean, 80s Mm -hmm. graphics, like the Memphis Group and uh, Sotsas and and people like that. But it's like, you know, I, I was... If I can defend myself, it was, uh, you know, that was a little bit before everybody was, you know, doing it. Like it was, I mean, people were doing it, but it was before it was like, oh, just kind of mm-hmm. like, we get it. We all want to go back to the 80s. But like, what is what is the impulse to do that? I feel like the impulse to do that is like to acknowledge that like the last time the future was possible was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I mean. I wasn't there for that. I well, was, the future
0: well, of humanity. Right. The future of humanity and the yeah. the universe will go on without us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The the sun's got time and space and it's going to extend forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But but I think like, you know, just in me, in me doing like research and and like making myself familiar with like the visuals of that time, it was like. Yeah you know even though i didn't live in the 80s i was i was born in the 90s but like to to consume any media or like design art from that time period is like oh everybody was kind of like excited to like just kind of go in a in a in a wild future direction mm-hmm. you know like it seemed like a lot of things were possible and people were really mm-hmm. trying things like like there was there seemed like there was not a whole lot of risk in in trying something like wildly different, you know. That's why like all the all the fashion is like out of the box. And like mm-hmm. all the design, the design was finally like, oh, like why why does this typewriter need to be gray? Like, let's make it red. Like let's let's let's
0: we can do make we want. our
1: life around us, like make the world, let's what do we want to mm-hmm. see in the world? We want to see something that is, you know. Mm-hmm exciting and that's unique and that you know gives us something to hope for because we can you know we can wear whatever hairstyle that we want we can put on these like wild space age pants and like you know do bright
0: neon colors
1: exactly exactly like there's a reason why like wild squiggles and like loud bright shapes make us feel good like there's there's something And, and it's and it's not I'm really sure, natural yes. i mean i mean it's natural in the sense of like you know to make everything like these straight lines and gray that's that's even less natural so like making something you know curvy and bright you know that you know there's a biological thing going on there but like those things don't exist exactly in nature but but you know we're drawn to them because they they're they're these hopeful they're like hopeful designs you know um and then I guess the 90s came around and everybody like just like lost hope like immediately. <laughs> it was just like, you know what? Like, no, like Tupac's dead, Biggie's dead, Kurt Cobain's dead. Like, we're done. Like, let's we're finished, I guess, you know? And then 9-11, apropos, here we are. Welcome, never never forget, I guess. You know, here we are, 9 And then it was like, and then it was really like, you know what? That gray stuff was probably pretty good. We should go back to that gray stuff, you know? But I mean... I don't know how much, how deep into it, we're getting, <laughs> we're, we're getting, we're getting a little too deep, but. No, you know, not
0: at all, I, I love it. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I mean, you mentioned it, you mentioned it the other day. You're like, yeah, everything, everything really started going downhill with Reagan. Like, and you, you could pretty much, any any problem that we have today is like, oh, you know, probably happened in the Reagan administration. <laughs> um, and it's like, who is president in the 80s? Reagan, and it was like, so, so for every, if for, for like every policy decision that, you know, he took in the 80s, which was this time full of like, like everything created
0: possible, everything like created anything
1: was possible. And it was like, okay, it just like one just like a few years removed from that and like a little bit of time for all those decisions that he made to simmer. And we're just like lost as a as a civilization. <laughs> like, are you like, it's crazy. It's crazy. He really said finish them yeah he was like he's like what a what a nice ladder i just climbed up i'm gonna burn it to the ground (laughs)
2: oh
1: my gosh i'm I'm gonna bury the ashes underneath like all of our nuclear waste and nobody can Uh get it you know
0: like so while that was happening it's like everyone was getting super creative and trying to think of being have a brighter future ahead meanwhile yeah meanwhile but um that was that was yeah you basically just <laughs> hit the nail right on the head with all that and um yeah i feel the frustration um <laughs> we we talk a lot about stuff going on and mind-boggling how people can be the way that they are um <laughs> and, and really good. so yeah i thank you for um you know sharing all all of uh, that insight into um you know your practice and everything that has kind of been at the forefront of your mind as you're making work um I learned a lot, (laughs) I learned a lot from all of that. Um, And I feel inspired even just thinking about uh, all of the things that make you feel inspired too. So thank you for sharing, Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, like some words that I had written down when I was looking through uh, your work is like, and I feel like we talked about all this is like nostalgic. Um, heavy emphasis on, like, shapes and bright contrasting colors. Um, and then, like, you also have used a lot of, like, Florida, like, uh, icons like flamingos and tropical plants. Um, which I, I personally am such a fan of, like, that, um, like, Florida-themed, like, uh, Artwork or even I love looking at vintage like Florida souvenirs and uh, advertisements and stuff like that too. Um, But big fan and I also wanted to talk about. Um, a few specific pieces, uh, if you will, um, there are two here from 2019 that I wanted to mention. Um, and if this if you're watching this on youtube um, or if you would like to see these images um the podca- podcast will be up on youtube uh, i'll have images on the video um but two pieces uh one is called free time share um, a neon sign that says the title and uh buy art impress your friends um also from 2019, um, can you talk about kind of those two pieces and like the context in which you were making them, the kind of things you were thinking about?
1: So both both of those pieces were made for um, the show I curated, um, Rapscallion at Quay, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think in terms of like being political with my artwork or like taking a political stance like, very directly, um, I think that, that really started with, with that show, um, because I, that was right around the time, like, the IPCC Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, um, for the UN,
0: mm-hmm. like, just,
1: just a few months, maybe weeks before I, like, was trying to sit down and, and come up with an idea for the show, like, they basically said like, we have, we have like 12 years.
0: Yeah. Yep. um, I remember that.
1: To change course or we're going to be dealing with like catastrophic repercussions. Um, And I, and I think at that point, you know, just like where, where the country was, where, you know, we're reading that. um, And then at the same time, it's like, just, like, Instagram culture was just maybe at its mm-hmm. height of, like, mm-hmm. it was like, it was, like, still possible to, like, be on Instagram, like, casually, you know? Yeah. But Instagram was it was getting to the point of, like...
0: Right like at that.
1: Influencers were were. I wonder up. when
0: Facebook bought Instagram. I don't know. I, I wonder if that was around the same time.
1: It probably is around that time.
0: Mm-hmm. But.
1: You're you're probably right about that. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, no, I was completely wrong. Um, Facebook bought Instagram in 2012. So I was completely wrong. So just that was not connected at all.
1: But yeah, it was like around the time of like the the algorithm changing to like.
0: Right, right. The
1: algorithm being put in place as an algorithm to like really Mm -hmm. just feed what you want and what they think is good and, you know, what, what they're co-signing. And um, so it was just like, every, everybody seemed to be watching the collapse. I mean, we're all, we're all still doing it, but like, we're all just like watching the collapse of like humanity, but like we seemingly like can't be not, not can't be bothered, but we're just like so far removed from like the levers of power that we're like, you know what can we even do like what can we even do and like so I made this show and just selected artists that you know I, I really cared about and believed in and they're all sort of I feel like to be an artist of you know our generation like millennial or gen z like at, at that time is and now we're all just kind of like it's all there like all this this looming like yeah destruction of the world is like it's around like like we're thinking everybody's thinking about it it comes through in some ways but like you know I, I was trying to select things that were at their most like new like new dada 2.0 kind of thing mm-hmm. because,
0: like, yep.
1: m- yeah meme culture was was mm-hmm. at a height um and it's only exploded more um and like memes are memes are like dada humor like it's it's making use of irony it's making use of like the the reproducibility of it um and it's you know that absurd humor comes out of the absurdity of like the existence that we're living in the the absurdity of like you know the world is ending but you know we yeah yeah like look at look at these shoes like these shoes are really cool though you know you know it's like okay but not gonna that's not helping we're not we're not helping anything here but we're all just kind of like going through the motions this is all very long-winded but you know to for me at that point um like free timeshare that you mentioned um that was just a friend of mine kat mata and i i've been sort of kicking around the idea of having like an art space of my own for a long time and so Mm -hmm. that free timeshare came about as a as like a a name concept for like what a what a potential gallery space gallery slash retail space like could be um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know just in the process of like what do we call this kind of thing um, yeah you know I, free timeshare dawned on me somehow and it was like I liked it because it was this really oxymoronic
2: like, yeah. Moment
1: because like timeshares are the like quintessential scam you know
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> just the quintessential yeah. money suck and money drain and just yeah. this this pitfall but it's very like you were saying like floridian aesthetics like that's, mm. like i have memories of like before it was widely understood like this is a scam like i have memories of i've i've sat in on you know presentations as a family because they would they would give you like a free night at a hotel if you if you listen to the presentation about their timeshare offer like this is it's all, all very right. Disney world. it's all, all very right. beach you know beach condo kind of thing like they try to sell you on you know if you if you pay this money and then sometimes you know you can stay here, but most of the time you're just paying the money like you, you, and you're like Maybe this is a good idea. Like, if I want to come back here all the time, but it's never a good idea. It's just a scam. It's just a way to like take your money from you. So, like, this idea of like a free timeshare of like, why would you even call it a timeshare if it's like, if it's like that? That it's imp- that's not possible. time, the whole point <laughs> yeah. of a timeshare is, is to take your money. So, like, a free timeshare, <laughs> it's like so free timeshare is just like this very, you know. It's like, uh, like a, it's a luxury communist idea, you know? Like, <laughs> you know like, yes, wouldn't it be great if yeah. we could all, you know, share, like sh- like have this free thing that we all share it? And that's, it, doesn't that sound great? That like, there's a beach destination and like, you just, as long as we schedule it, right? Like if you wanna Organizing. stay here, you know, it would be great. Like, yeah, like we all pitch in, you know. But you know, even the idea of having like like the first part of that, like free time, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was like gonna bring that, that up too. Uh-huh. Like
1: that, that first you can you as you yeah. start saying the phrase, you're like free timeshare. You're like, oh free time, like but yeah. that, like that who who does who who has that anymore? Like
0: Yeah. Well also like time is currency anymore as well. There's a, exactly. there, we could go into that forever. <laughs> That could exactly. be a whole nother,
1: <laughs> yeah. Although I did see a headline, um, I think yesterday, that was like just some some ghoulish yeah. know, news, news <laughs> company being like, uh, oh you shouldn't expect to be uh, paid for your time anymore. It's like, literally what else are we expected to get paid for then? Like what, like that doesn't make any sense, but.
0: Are you saying that we should just get paid regardless? Are you are, are they were they gonna um push uh universal uh basic universal income or universal base? like because if they were gonna yeah. do that like I, i'm on board for that that's cool like just pay me to simply maybe not for my time but to exist sure i yeah. didn't ask i didn't <laughs> ask to exist
1: i mean if that's what you're suggesting but i,
0: <laughs> I don't you know, think
1: you, you twist so. my arm i'll do it <laughs>
0: That's you know. probably not what it was
1: going to be, but, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they're saying, like, you know, just just work as much as possible, and,
2: yeah. uh, you
1: know, yeah. we'll, we'll pay you whatever we think you're worth, which is usually very little, because, you know, as soon as, as, soon as it becomes a subjective thing, people that have money aren't going to pay a whole lot of money for it, you know? No. But... So that's that's sort of the idea of free timeshare. it It never did really become like a, an actual space, but I, I felt like the like the the phrase of it was something you know exciting enough as a concept for me to to make it as like you know a light up sign. and it and it was kind of a companion to I had had a bunch of shirts and sweatshirts printed with the the mm. logo a free time share on it as well
2: nice.
1: Um, and it was it, all of that that whole like project is the same you know that this idea of like um you know faking it till you make it and just kind of mm-hmm. like, I, I everything is made up you know? yeah totally <laughs> like we're, like, we're all just up. like so i was just taking this like really you know, and, and the, the the best way I describe it is like, it's just, it's just an oxymoron. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this oxymoron that, that, you know, you can extrapolate whatever ideas from that you want, but,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I was like running that to these limits of like, you know, this is like a a retail experience and like, you can get this t-shirt and it looks like a brand. And like, like I went as far as to like, order the, the screen printing, shout out to, Debonair District, Debonair Prince. Um, I went as far as to like specifically order shirts that had tearaway tags and then like mm-hmm. and then like I designed the the heat press to go on the inside of the thing. Like like it probably looked pretty legit. I tried to make it as legit yeah. as possible. Um yeah. except for it's like totally illegitimate. There was there's nothing registered with anybody, like you know, but isn't that like the wonderful thing? Like the only way like you make something legitimate by you know signing a piece of paper and giving it to the government like like okay really like that's you know, you you pay a fee and suddenly you're, you're legitimate it's all just an fact.
0: act isn't it <laughs>
1: it's, it's all just you know someone someone it's all I, just I don't, a I don't,
0: performance
1: did they even read them like i don't i don't know is there any is there someone like reading these like that just probably i don't know there's
0: just, no they're like, they're taking it and they're typing the data into a computer which i don't know what's worse <laughs> you
1: know
0: just numbers and letters on a screen
1: (laughs) that's really it's really worth it
0: um and then uh I also wanted to ask about um the buy art and impress your friends um what was kind of the what was uh on the forefront of your mind of that one I mean the title pretty much you know the title says a lot in, in and of itself
1: yeah I mean um my the the great the great challenge of my life <laughs> the great challenge of my uh, life and career is um, you know how do you how do you convince someone to to purchase a piece of art? you know, like the piece itself is like a blue circle, and like there's a yellow squiggle, and i I made like the yellow matches the yellow of the wall behind it, yeah. Um, you know it and and my work has always not always, but my work, starting at a certain point, has taken like around the point of when I was doing like the stuff that I was referencing, like the Memphis group, it was like right a lot of these standalone pieces became these kind of like almost three-dimensional or, or like physical logos, kind of, you know, i was I was doing I was doing design, and yeah, design yeah, these things and um so like that piece is is similar it's like you know that could be someone's logo for some you know company it's kind of like a nondescript you know not offensive um and really it was like formally like making it the the challenge was like i want to fit this squiggly shape directly into this circle shape and nothing is glued it's it like it's just hanging in there by tension Mm. um so um you know that was mostly like a formal challenge I was putting myself (laughs) through and then once I had it I was like well you know it's in this show that's about like the commodification of everything you know it's leading to our destruction so I'm gonna I'm gonna make the like political message through the title of it at least um yeah and and so you know buy art impress your friends like that to me seems to be the only way like major art purchases even occur I mean arts mm-hmm. purchase because one because people think it's an investment like that's how that's a like big name blue chip art is sold mm-hmm. uh, And that's why you can call it blue chip. It's like, like you, they appropriate the language of the stock market and investing because, Oh, this, this asset that you now have, uh, you know, if this person gets enough notoriety and enough acclaim and becomes Mm -hmm. part of the canon and all this stuff, and then they die, you know, unceremoniously. And, you know, you could, you could make a killing if you sell it later on down the road. Um, but,
0: the status of it.
1: If you don't, but if you don't have that kind of uh, prestige as an artist, it's like, well, what what impulse does someone have to buy the art if they In either the first they, place. they must love it, you know? Uh-huh. Like, Intrinsically. I, I buy a piece of art because I I see something, and then like I, I if I can't imagine never seeing it again like if i know i i'm gonna want to see it again and like i don't i don't want to live in a world where like i don't have access to be able to see it again Mm
2: -hmm. then like
1: i need to buy the art like that i need to have that so that i can look at it forever um so there's that like and and that's where you get like you know that's how some people can make a living by kind of oh there's a group of people that really respond to this thing you know so for me it was like when i was making stuff that was you know very 80s like and like very floridian i'm like this is probably gonna sell better than all these naked fat guys you know yeah i think i think i've sold like a couple naked fat guys but for the most part like the other stuff is much more popular because it's uh you know Fat guys make you laugh. The economy
0: of aesthetics.
1: But it's that's that's that. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to live with this? Like most people don't want to live with the fat guy that they live with. So why do you want to live with the one that you? <laughs> you know. Uh, so the other the other way that someone buys a piece of art is if you know if they can then like brag about it. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like the strategy here living in tampa florida and i'm just i'm just armchair you know philosophizing about this because i don't i don't really know for sure i haven't i haven't cracked the code yet uh, time will tell if i if i can't crack the code but it's like there are people with money down here um oh yeah but there's only like a handful of people that are like avid art collectors
0: mm-hmm. um actively
1: that like no, there's more than a handful, but but there definitely isn't like a a, a huge. There market. could be more. There could be more, and there and there could be people that are like, there could be more people that are at least interested in art yeah. enough to go attend things. Yeah. That like that like don't. I feel like a lot right. of the money that exists, like a lot of the the people that have money here. You know, they they come home at the end of the week on a Friday and. Mm-mm. They enjoy the wonderful house that they have, or you know, Saturday they go out on the boat and then they have a nice dinner. You know, it's like going yeah. to the art show doesn't factor Make in
0: the cut almost ever, unless mm-hmm. it's like a museum,
1: right? Yeah, which they,
0: it typically doesn't show. Like it usually shows those those bigger names exactly. that are like in the forefront of. Uh, uh what's the word you said it earlier basically the big names currently
1: yeah yeah the blue chips the blue chip right
0: the blue chips
1: um but so like I feel like the way to sort of create like an economy for
0: tapping into that market
1: (laughs) more local artists tapping into the people that you know they don't they don't go to the art show because what's the what's the point for them they you know maybe they mm-hmm. they they bought a piece of art somewhere down the road their house is mostly uh you know just whatever they've come across it's mm-hmm. it's not it isn't a conscious decision to like oh I'm gonna go to this art show and maybe there's gonna be something that I really like and I can put it you know there there. You know, most of the time it's like they've they've heard of an artist somewhere in their life and you know, they can get a piece from them or like they've come across it, you know, like a ton of people, thousands of people go through the Gasparilla Festival of the Arts every year. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people make their, that's like their art outing and they make that outing and they, you know, they buy the piece of art for their office. They meet an artist that they're like, oh, this is great. You know, I can start a relationship with an artist, like all this stuff. But like, after, you know, the second week of March, not the first week of March, and every week other than that, you know, what what are you,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. are you, you you know, keeping up with, like, the art that's being made in your city? Like, no, not really. And it's like, I don't blame them. But, you know, my, my idea of like, okay, how do we get them engaged in this is like, and I've mentioned it to you before, I feel like you have to, you have to get some rich person somewhere to buy a piece of art and hang it in their house. And then you need to also get that rich person to invite other rich people to their house. And then you also need to get that rich person when their friends are like, Oh, that's a weird thing that you have. He's like, Oh, you've never heard of.
0: Mia makes it.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. uh, Embroidered tapestry that, uh, yeah, I have the only one. So, uh, Mm you know look at me <laughs> You're like no, no, the level no. loser it's like you know mm-hmm. and that's that so that's like the impress your friends portion it's like sure. you know if you if you if you can impress people of a certain status if you can flex your status by being like look i'm i'm very engaged in like the arts that's occurring in my backyard like i i know about art and not just you know, I don't just know who Picasso is. I know, you know, the people that live here, the people that I, I am discovering people. I am yeah. the, I am at the vanguard of, you know, this is this is the Van Gogh uh, that's gone nuts. Like this is the Van Gogh before it's been sanitized in every museum. This is like the real deal. This is, you know, uncut this is these these are artists like that's what i yeah that's what I, that's my like um rich person fan fiction that i would like to <laughs> <with in> my, <laughs> you know
0: i mean but it's I, a like it's a it's like um a good strategy you know um i think it's a good strategy and i think you're right i don't i do think that um I agree that that is like kind of an untapped market and there are just a lot of people who would have the money to support an artist but yeah just aren't familiar with that world or like aren't familiar with like the smaller galleries that are around um and i i i, I wonder why that is um uh, maybe they're just not being marketed to. Um, You know, it's like like if it, where are events being posted? Are there posters around town? Like sometimes there are posters around town, but what parts of town do the rich people occupy where they would see those posters? Like um, it's, it's interesting to consider. And I think, I think you're onto something. (laughs) I think you're onto something.
1: i am also just like, I've noticed for myself and for people I'm, you know, people I've worked with. It's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: everybody, everybody has a couple people maybe that they know with money. Um, maybe not, but like for the most part, mm-hmm. there's always a few degrees. Especially in in Florida, it's like you're you're a few degrees away from money. Like yeah, like at all times. And I feel like a lot of people like the the casual art art show attendee is someone most of the time that like oh, it's like oh it's my my uh my godchild is
0: yeah,
1: Joe or like mm-hmm. oh, well, you know my my best friend's kid has this uh, I guess they do paintings, or you know they make All a right. picture every now and then, and I'm gonna go you
2: right. Know,
1: I'm going to go because, check it out because yeah. oh. we're going to go to dinner after, you know. Right. So, right. You know? And I feel like that, like, what I've tried to do when I curate stuff is is to, you know, bring people from a lot of walks of life, not because it's, not because that's, you know, like a, it's obviously like a good thing to do. It's very, um, it, you can get caught in like the performance of it nowadays and like mainly my strategy is like i want to bring people from from all walks of life because it's like number one i i want to actually represent who's like making work around here um yes and and there is like a big diversity but number two it's like all these people have unique audiences
0: yeah
1: exactly all those unique audiences are suddenly co-mingling you know and 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 like noelle mason at the at the mayor's forum on the arts like i think this was 2019 maybe 2018 whenever jane castor like had just become mayor she came to hcc and they they did a a full forum on the arts and noelle mason was on the panel and she talked about like we need to create a, a critical mass of, uh, you know, an, an art audience, basically. Yeah. Where, like, to the point where, where, like, enough people know about the art that's occurring in the city that they live in that, like, it is it is just ingrained into the culture of the city. Like, yeah. if everybody's participating, then, like, yes. That, that's everybody, everybody can, you know, create this economy. And like that's where you get people that are like, you know that that that's what develops taste. That's what like people are like, oh, I, I actually like this type of art. And oh, there's all these other artists in this city that that are like kind of working in the same realm. Like, let me go to this show. Let me do that. like like, but but enough people have to be aware of it at a certain point yeah. to the point where, like that becomes, Something that people casually bring up to to their own networks, you know, like,
2: yeah.
1: oh, what did you do this weekend? It's like, well, I, mm-hmm. I went to this show. It was, you know, at this place, and there's this really art. And I, you know, I got this piece, and like, you got to come over and see this piece, you know, and then and then you can shame that other person that didn't go to the art <laughs> show, <laughs> right? you know, like, look at you, look at you, un, uncultured swine, not having this <laughs> wonderful piece, like, you know.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but that, that might all be just like wishful thinking I don't know
0: <laughs> I I mean I definitely see it I feel like you're right um I could because even just going to um going to gallery openings and going to museum or uh, other like going to closings and like lectures and stuff you kind of tend to see like the same people every time because it it's a, it's a community. So, I mean, in my experience, it seems like, you know, it, it, it grows like every year, you know, especially with more and more people moving here. And, um, you know, when new students come, like for USF and UT who are the art students, that's a whole new pool of people every year um, that can uh, be informed about the art spaces that are around Tampa. And things like that. So like I said, you're onto something.
1: <laughs> I wish I didn't need to be onto anything. I, I wish, know. You know. I that's know. Like, that's the real pain. Is like I I'd like to imagine a future where I don't have to spend as much brain power yeah. know, trying to scheme ways of like you know lifting everybody's boats. Um, I'd I'd much prefer to just let us all um make our little pictures and and still be able to live a life of dignity but you know you gotta you gotta do some schemes i guess our
0: labor is (laughs) commodified yeah um and uh i also wanted to talk about um basically your whole the 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 show recently, um, your most recent, um, solo exhibition, like the whole thing of it, I would like to talk about, and then there's two pieces, um, maybe that I want to touch on specifically, um, but there might be some that you bring up, um, but Narcissus, that whole show, um, do you want to kind of give a little spiel about, uh, your statement to the listeners?
1: Ooh, um, maybe. I mean, um, maybe there's somewhere that you can link it or or. I will, yeah. It, but, um.
0: What were you thinking about when you were making the when you were um, curating or uh, creating this body of work?
1: So I mentioned like 2019 when I did the the rapscallion show. Like I yes. was already thinking about like social media and how you know, how people were using social media and like the possibilities that social media was trying to convince us of. Um, and it was like, at that time it was, you know, you could you could start a little business, you know, you, this, you grow, grow a little audience, uh, you know, things could be favorably and organically grown. And then you you fast forward um, and in the pandemic, really, I mean, obviously it, it it changed it. It changed everything. I mean, everything it's probably the most it's no, not even probably. It is the most consequential historical event, like of our lifetime so far. Um, you know today's 11 9/11. 9/11 killed three thousand people. three thousand people died on nine eleven. 3,000 people were dying daily, like in certain months of 2020 and 2021. Um, like now, I'm sure we reach a 9-11 like every couple of weeks here still. And it's like the the magnitude of this is inescapable and, you know, ra- in, unlike 9-11 where 21 years later we're still like there's still the impulse of like never forget you know now at this moment after countless 9-11s every day for three years we're like just just for, don't even talk about it Just like for like please forget about it but like in this time period where people were out of work people were leaving the uh, economy for whatever reason, a lot of times people were just kicked out of the economy because it, it wasn't those jobs just you know weren't going to happen anymore. Uh, yeah. That business that you worked at, sorry, it's out of business. That's, that's yeah, you know, it, oh, you want to come to work? Well, you're gonna it's it's life or death now suddenly to to be doing the job that you were doing. Um, yeah, or, or it's life and death for your family members. So yeah. so this mass exodus of people from like the traditional like job economy into social media and just like online platforms in general um has like so severely changed the landscape i feel like of of what those platforms are to the point where now it's like oh, well, you you, you want to be, you know, you, you want to have some kind of audience, you want to have some kind of import, you want to have a, a little business, you want to do something. Well, you will be, You it is confirmed that you'll be unsuccessful if you don't participate mm-hmm. in social media now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And guess what? Social media is going to become uh, so complicated and difficult and um and 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 just so all consuming of everything to the point where like whatever little business you're trying to do it's like are are you even like how much time are you even spending on that little business i mean it's it's such a it's a similar conversation to the one like we just had it's like you want to do something you you have you have a passion you want to you want to in our case, you want to make art. Um, well, now it's like it used to be. The prerequisite was you need some supplies. You need some kind of you know brush, paint. You know canvas. Mm-hmm. Like you need brush, paint, canvas. You need uh, you need a ring light. You need a DSLR camera. You need uh, you need to post twenty seven times per day across all platforms. Uh, you need to know how to edit video. You need to know how to edit pictures. You need to um, you need to be you know, promoting your posts strategically, you got to post at this certain time of day, Uh, you got to, you know, hop onto this trend, because uh, if you don't hop onto this trend, then the algorithm is going to just completely disregard what you're saying. And and no, they're not going to, this website is just not going to show it to anybody. They're just going to, you know, put it away in this corner. And only people that, you know, already mess with your stuff are going to know that Um, you need to be, uh you know affiliate marketing so that you can uh promote these other products you need to be uh you know following these accounts to the t doing everything that they say um it just like it just never ends
0: it's exhausting
1: it's it's completely exhausting and maybe that's me just being you know uh now i'm now i'm just like an old millennial i guess like i i'm just maybe it just like passed me by but
0: well i I mean, it, it really isn't sustainable.
1: Yeah. It, like, the only thing that reassures me that I'm not, like, just washed and, you know, this is just not, you know, I, I, I just the technology has passed me by is that, like, I see people, like, dip in and out more often now. I see people that are just like, you know what? I, I can't do like, this is exhausting and it's giving me anxiety and it's making me depressed. And like, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I think if, if people were really honest with themselves, I think a lot more people feel that way than, than, you know, are excited to wake up in the morning and turn on their ring light and, you know, make a little thing, you know, and do a video and, and, uh, you know, dance with the whatever, but it's like, how, how else do you do It, it it, and that's why, I like, that's why I come up with schemes of like, okay, how do we get the rich people to shame their other rich friends? It's like because I don't want to, I don't want to be all these other things. Yeah. And, and it's not just being all these other things; it's that you are fully at the whim, and it you're yeah. you're in the hands of a handful of billionaires that are making these decisions of, you know, what gets seen what you what definitely cannot be seen you know and and i am not at all like uh cancel culture is just so overblown and stupid it's like you don't want to get canceled just like don't be a dumbass like just just be like just have some kind of respect for another human being like that's the end of it just like just like don't just like don't be an asshole all right just keep your shit together and don't be an asshole but But there is like, oh, you know, there is a hesitation of, you know, I I can't tell you how long I spend. I'm a slow writer in general, but I can't tell you how long I spend not 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 to get canceled, but just like, oh, I know if I say this one thing, it's going to offend this person, even if it's even if it's a person that I I would love to offend them because I disagree (laughs) with. But it's like still it's like, well, if I offend them, then like, uh, you know, am I going to catch heat on this thing? Like everybody sees this blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't matter. Regardless, there's going to be someone that's like, hey, you know, you said the thing. And it's like, OK, great. Well, wonderful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just hope that it's all the people that you, you dislike and it, their opinions don't matter. But then every now and then you're going to, you, you know, you're going to step in it with someone that you that maybe unintentionally or whatever but you know yeah. but, but even that that amount of brain power it takes yeah. to craft the perfect <laughs> post to, yeah. to to take to, i mean it takes me it takes me forever it takes me forever and that's why like i'm at the point where i'm just like yeah i'm just going to kind of just do a little thing here and there like I, i'm not going to take it too seriously like like my priority now is in the physical world because guess what I, I feel like this virtual world has already passed me by.
2: Yeah. So like, I'm,
1: I'm going to mm-hmm. use it to the extent of like, okay, like this is where people are. So yeah. like, I'll, I'll, I'll share the things that I want to make. I'll do this. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, if yeah. I want someone to come to the show, like, I know I have to put it, I know I have to let people know and I'm going to yeah. let people know by putting it on the worldwide bulletin board that exists, you know, but in terms of like, being a personality that's that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. that's what this is like when social media first started they were like oh you have to be a brand like you now now you person individual with no training and uh no marketing strategy and uh you know very little point of view that can be like most people have very little like point of like they're just they're just here happy to be here we're on earth how's it going like uh this is my little shit that normal i do normal
0: every day yeah <laughs> it's
1: like you must be a brand now and, and so you got all these yeah. people that are like, oh, what's what's my you know what is I, you know what is my thing other than like you know hi i'm here i, I do yeah this. and so like all of that thinking about all of that being exhausted by all of that um and finally like a, a really great friend of mine um david Piillo he he asked he he had had a conversation with my brother so I wasn't part of it but it, it word got back around to me that like his opinion of my work was that like it, it needed to be more vulnerable and and i and I knew he was right is the thing like i i in a way, mm-hmm. at that time, anyway, um, you know, I would just come off of like multiple collaborative projects um, with my partner Macy. Macy eats paint, and they were they were great projects that I was, you know, I was very pleased with the outcomes um, and pleased mm-hmm. with what we made. But but I I failed to see much of like me in mm-hmm. them. Um, because I, you know, I'm, I'm like an, the eternal people pleaser in a way, um, which is all wrapped up in me, you know, being insecure or whatever, and, you know, not wanting to be a burden to the point of then just like relinquishing all of Mm -hmm. my agency to, you know, and not that, Macy was ever requiring that of me, but just like, you know, would it, would it be difficult for this project that we're doing to like conform to like my vision? Probably more difficult for that to occur than for me to just, you know, serve, serve the project.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just so happened that like me serving the project meant that like a lot of my, like my identity and all this was kind of secondary, you know, Mm -hmm. um, aesthetically, like it was just like Mm -hmm. a keen eye could be like, oh, but the, the unkeen eye would, would be like, oh, this is nice, you know, and, and never, you know, never knew that I was even be a part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I came out of this like period of, of, you know, not making stuff that was really, like, an assertion of who I was,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and and then I received that comment, and I was, like, you know what, that's, that's, that's correct, like, I, I do feel like something is lacking in my work, I do feel like I need to, you know, show more of, um, Mm -hmm. of, like, like, who I am, I guess, And. yeah. But I am I am also like spiteful. So um <laughs> so like the idea of like oh well, what <laughs> oh, what's the thing that's vulnerable e- even if it's like not even my greatest vulnerability it's like I think mm-hmm. it is, it is a, a a point of vulnerability like my my physical anomalies mm-hmm. are like you know something that you know I can go days that I I don't really even consider it, it's just like, you know, yeah, I
0: mean, here yeah, I
1: am, here I am in the world, you know, yeah, and there are some days where, like you know that's that's front and center because mm-hmm. I couldn't hold this one thing when I was hammering it, or you know, I, I you know, or it it happens rarer now, but like there's still some times where like strangers just like do linger on it for a little while, and you're like, interesting okay i i am still being noticed like about this you know um no matter no matter how many things i build like it's a it's 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 still an interesting thing that you know people don't see very often um so thinking about you know social media person has brand what could Mm -hmm. my brand be And what could my brand be in like the most, not the most, but in a a vulnerable Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or at least the appearance of vulnerability um, Mm -hmm. kind of way. So I very quickly, I made this like little light up thing. I just got in a router. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to see if I'm going to, you know, see how I use this tool. And like, I just, I made a very simple design of like my left hand, and made this like light up LED neon sign of my mm-hmm. left hand, and it was just like immediately a logo because mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, like I I design stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a designer as much as I'm an artist. Yeah. I guess, but, um,
0: yeah.
1: So it was like okay, this is it's just gonna be. Emiliano the brand icon, yeah. So that's that's what that show was about, you know what is what is Emiliano the brand, but also wrapped up in like us us branding ourselves is yeah really, humongous distraction, and we're all we're right. all still gonna die. Like we're all still <laughs> right. we're gonna you know right. This is gonna lead us straight off the cliff because right. if we're all just focused on this commodification of ourselves and if we're occupying every waking moment of our life of hustling and grinding and just you know playing to this algorithm and and just yeah. serve, serving the whims of like six rich people
2: yeah
1: we're you know yeah we're, we're doomed, you know we're 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 not focused on anything else and we're just gonna be um, we're a lost cause. So it was like, how do I, how do I talk about me and also
0: critique this
1: and also show why it's like so stupid for me to be talking about me, <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. know?
0: Sure. <laughs> um, that's, that's great. Um, thank you for expanding upon um, the show um i will also include link like a specific link for um viewing a lot of the work that was in that show um on on your website um but you really transformed the gallery space and one of the um uh parts of the gallery was an installation um and it's called ride for your favorite artists like you ride for your favorite sports team um and I, I wanted to ask about this one too, but I also have some now. I have a little bit of added context too because you mentioned um, having played soccer. So uh, there, but in the middle of this uh, room that's like covered in astroturf, and um, the icon, um, the uh, hand, uh, is all around the room as like foam hands, like at a sports game. Um, astroturf, and then there's a burnt soccer ball uh on the ground so I was wondering if you could kind of explain uh you know anything about this room um even even if you want to talk about like installing the room as well uh because you also painted the walls I forgot to mention with clouds so you really transformed that whole part of the gallery <laughs> I'm sure it was a uh, a feat <laughs>
1: it was uh yeah it was something i mean um (laughs) i had i had help from uh i had help from several people um yes Alyssa miller who we work with helped me um carol melberg who's been a friend of mine for forever helped me Mm -hmm. um andres ramirez he was there with me um helping me do a bunch of other stuff so i could just be in that room um uh, putting the putting those hands on the wall um yeah you know it was a challenge it was like like the 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 day of the exhibition opening i was i was there in that room putting the last hands on the wall
0: mm-hmm. like
1: oh, 6 a.m i mean <laughs> yeah yeah I had, I had started listening to like podcasts of people i just had no interest in just because i'd run out of
0: Things, you know, run out of
1: content, to, yeah. thing to keep me from, like, keep me awake and, you know, still working. But, um, yeah, I mean, there was, I, I, I had 300 foam hands made, um, and I used 293 in the room, so I, like, <laughs> i it really, it really could have been a miscalculation like that. Really, really cut that one close. <laughs> really, really a lot closer than I expected. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> uh, glad glad it worked out in the end. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what would have happened. I would probably had to like I don't know, shorten, shorten the room. Like uh-huh. I everything down and then like started on like further back or something. Um, but it it worked out. Um, (laughs) but yeah, the, the, the title of that piece, um, I didn't, I, I didn't come up with it all on my own. It was, um, Mm -hmm. uh, another artist in the area, Pearl, um, on Instagram, she's tripping on off my Pearl shit. Um. (laughs) Pearl was working at, um, like, Raymond James Stadium, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and had just, like, posted some kind of story, or maybe it was a post, but it was, like, I, I remember distinctly there were, there was, like, video of the crowd, like, leaving, and so, like, but you could really only see, like, feet and jerseys and, like, just just, like, commotion and people moving around, but that was, like, the caption was, you know, I wish people would ride for their local artists like they ride for their local sports team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, you know, that's a point of contention that a lot of artists feel around here, especially yep. in Tampa.
0: I've definitely you know, had that thought.
1: St. Pete um definitely feels like a city that is like a city of the arts,
0: yeah.
1: And Tampa. Sports. For the most part, it feels like a city of uh, sports. sports. You know, we are we,
0: ball.
1: are we are Champa Bay, even though right. you know, for the majority of my life, uh, we don't win shit. So uh, right. you know, but but there was still a lot of love for sports around here. Um and I and I saw that and I um it was it was one of those things that like I had internalized that idea and I was like, yeah, that is that is fully true. And then when I started making this work and like this imagery surrounding my hand, I was like,
0: Yeah.
1: I I don't know how the idea came to me, but but the foam I was thinking about things that like what what are uniquely like hand related, so then I can insert, you know, my own um uh, mm on it yeah and, and the idea of like the foam hand is like
0: mm-hmm. quintessential just, it, it, it,
1: it you know kismet kind of connection there of like oh you know i do feel this way about sports other artists in the area feel this way about sports even though like i don't i don't dislike sports i also enjoy sure. sports i just i just have not decided to make sports like my life like i i don't i haven't decided to make sports the only entertainment that i enjoy um you know i i don't like my connection to local sports teams is very much like oh wonderful when they do well great like good job if they don't do well well you know that's those are our guys whatever but I, i i i don't have Paraphernalia, memorabilia is better than paraphernalia. I don't, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't have like I don't concern my my schedule doesn't revolve around when the next game is. I suppose you know, and but I I I did play sports. I like playing sports. You know, I um, if my sport was soccer, as we mentioned, yeah. but um, you know, if if I was a sports team or a sports entity
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I you know obviously I am an artist but you know if we're if we're engaging with this idea of like what if what if people responded to artists the same way they responded to sports and what if there was a similar audience and what if there was this like memorabilia and, and all of this you know commercial backing to it then like the idea of the foam hand is like something that directly speaks to what I was doing. And I thought was just like, could be a, like a just like a really beautiful object of like, wow, if if you're a supporter of me, then you need to also be like my cheerleader in the stands, wearing the hand like it gives people away. It's like a, this mass producible object that like, if people want to, you know, it's it's similar to like wearing the jersey of you know your yeah. like, you don't you need to, to wear a jersey with my name on it you can you can embody the hand like that's yeah that's, you know that's some people's idea of what me is you know yeah. so like, pop that on and you're you know you're my biggest fan so um that's how it became this like mm-hmm. it was so reproducible I wanted it to mimic like the idea of like a capacity crowd, all, you know, waving the same things. Because I mean, I had been to a Lightning game like a year earlier. And it was like one of the first things I had, like someone, like Macy's family had tickets and Mm -hmm. um, like a bunch of us went, but it was like the first time I'd been to a sporting event in like a really long time.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I didn't really go to them before the pandemic. And then, obviously, yeah. didn't go to anything really during the pandemic. So, you know, coming out of that, and it's like summer twenty one, you know, I go to this lightning game, and I'm just like, I look to my left, and we're like pretty high up in the stands, you know, but I look to my left, and it's just like this sea of blue and and like more that's like the the largest display of like solidarity (laughs) you know it like fandom sports fandom is like this
0: yeah (laughs) i never thought about it that way but yeah
1: (laughs) it's a it's such this like democratic solidarity you know in your hometown we are the majority We will fill these stands. We will show our camaraderie with wearing the same outfits, the same colors. These are our colors. These are these are what we fight for. Sometimes, literally, if you get drunk, like this is what (laughs) you know. We will we will participate in the chant. We will spin the towel. We will you know blow in the noisemaker. We will beat the
0: face paint. Sometimes.
1: Yes, like we will go to war by you know like I will sacri like I will murder this referee if if he does not award my team the correct call. Like I I will jump down there and defend my sweet baby boys on the pitch. Like I will you know, I, it was—it just—it—it it blew my mind. It made me realize yeah. that, in like, so you know, I just I, and it was—it was the same impulse. It's like, man, I wish I wish we could be this organized, um, you know, I for know. shit that mattered, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, be this organized for something that wasn't, you know, yeah, uh, a, a puck going into a net, like. Mm-hmm. The, the puck going into the <laughs> neck could be like the 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 disillusion of the the chains of capital, you know we could we could really get onto something here if we could all just be like you know sports fans rooting for you know a better if we future.
0: just viewed life as a game
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know in some ways, it is. It just happens that like a lot of people like us are not winning the game. <laughs> We're just like really behind like we do not have ah. great, we do not have great cheerleaders at the moment but um you know it's i saw that and i'm like that's that's crazy so like that's why <laughs> I, I needed that whole room to be just like full because that was the experience yeah. that I yeah I,
0: exactly I,
1: and like i just happened to look to my left like it, it wasn't yeah you know, it just like shocked me to, to see that kind of thing um
0: yeah but, um a unifying yeah, force
1: <laughs> around, <laughs> around maybe like the least consequential thing that you know could possibly be but um, yeah. that like you know yeah. if they win that game your 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 kids don't have any better future than they no. had when you got there but um i mean that's a simplification i guess we can but um
0: sure,
1: sure. you know so I, the the ball in that installation scenario it was again like you know we're in this sports context so you know what's the sport that I have like the most connection to that like there's evidence that I I did play in some organized way um and that was soccer so like I I had to find a soccer ball which is like harder than you might think like to find a soccer ball that just looks like a like the you know signifier of what a soccer ball is like the the black and white checkered ball it's like soccer balls are outrageous now you got all different kind of stripes and colors and all this <laughs> stuff but this it doesn't make any sense but um you know so i, I found a, a nice classic soccer ball and then um yeah i did burn it which is probably <laughs> like you know not i i it's probably not the best way to make the point that I was making because, like, the point was, like, you know, um, that, like, as as we are all participating in the stands and cheering these people on, like I said, for like the consequences of whether or not you know your favorite sports personality wins the game or not are are really not that you know grave it's it's really mm-hmm. like oh okay and uh, the all of and and while we're all enjoying this uh, performance mm-hmm. just, everything's just getting hotter it's like we're watching ice hockey in florida and guess what that's um that's just something that is inconceivable almost like really like are you are we serious but you know I I understand like I think that's part of the irony it's kind of like you know like the Jamaican bobsled it's like here we are in the tropics doing winter sports wonderful um but uh but really like outside of that arena we're still cooking out here you know and eventually eventually it's gonna get hot (laughs) enough that we're just going to start like these balls, we're going to kick them out of the field and they're just going to combust because like, <laughs> you know. so that was, that was the point. Yeah,
0: okay. I <laughs> okay. uh, love that. Um, <laughs> I know, I always think it's really funny. It's not funny, but I always think about the logistics of whenever they, like in December, they put up that um, that ice skating rink, in the park um curtis hickson park i'm just like how much energy is it taking to freeze this like artificial lake or whatever i'm sure it's just it's probably a thin i don't know how it is i imagine that it's just like shallow and it's just i don't know but i'm just like why in florida (laughs) would you do this it is 90 degrees outside
1: yeah yeah it is 90 degrees
0: fahrenheit outside
1: (laughs) even if and i don't i don't even know if they use like real ice it might just be like some kind of okay some kind of like um slick like
0: sure okay
1: or something um
0: I hope so, because in my head I always imagined that it was totally a frozen, it
1: looked like a freezer underneath. Uh huh.
0: And I always yeah. thought about like how much energy is this. <laughs> I, no, so but... that that eases my brain. I didn't even think about that.
1: <laughs> it might be. I I personally have never been because I don't. I don't do well with Skates of any kind. Um, yeah. It's just it's not not meant for me. Not um not my sport, but.
2: But, um,
1: you know, as you're saying that, it's like, I thought for sure, I thought for sure when we realized, like, definitively, like, Mm -hmm. as it has been for a while, but like, when it was, you know, 97% of scientists are like, yeah, there's a climate change going on. And we, you know, it's because of the gas that we're burning. And uh, if we don't stop burning all this gas, we're gonna, you know,
0: start um, seeing the effects.
1: I thought for sure when that like <laughs> consensus occurred like motorsports were going to be discussed. You know, like yeah, racing and I I I I like I like going fast. You know, I, like I I I like I like the idea of like let's figure out who can go the fastest. I I do like that, you know um, as like, uh, something to wrap my head around, but I, I thought for sure, like, there would be some kind of initiative to be like, okay, how, we realize maybe it isn't the best thing to just be burning fuel to, um, sell tickets and, uh, satisfy someone's ego, you know, in this, in this lot of people that want to go fast, um, and it just was, ne- it's just never been, never been discussed really. It's just never like, we just kind of like, yeah, we need to, we need to stop burning this much oil. But you know, the people that are just kind of literally going around in a circle uh, every Sunday, we got to give them a pass like that. That's kinda, <laughs> That's kind to You know, we got to give them some kind of pass here because uh, I like to watch them go around that circle really fast. It's really exhilarating. And uh, you know, it's a lot of fun and uh, you know, but like, wouldn't it, I mean, just now more like sports fan fiction to add to the other like future fan fiction that I'm uh, writing in my brain all the time. But it's like, you know, isn't the idea of like these races that we're like. It's not just who's going fastest, but it's like who who's who, what team has the best engineer and like what what team has the best technology that like we can put this specific type of oil and like we can do it really fast and it can you know fire up this engine that does this like amazing thing and it's all proprietary and it's art we have like three geniuses that are all cooking the numbers and like making this wonderful engine and it's going all this you know like how could that not like all of that brain power like couldn't they have just also put that into like let's let's make the fastest like electronic thing that we could have let's just make 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 a giant you know, industry out of like the fastest EVs or like the fastest solar-powered like thing. Or like, like couldn't you put all of that engineering prowess into, you know, making it neutral? And like, like couldn't we couldn't couldn't we make an i like, couldn't you make a better stadium that like takes the energy of all of that all those wheels going around all the time? And couldn't that be like also like brought back? Couldn't it just can we make it circular so that Oh, the, the activity of like spinning these wheels so much is like also charging the car and like also like the track can absorb the heat or whatever. And that can be turning some kind of turbine somewhere else. And like, actually, you know, you, you take the races to Monaco and and the race can power Monaco for a few weeks after, like, wouldn't that just be like, no, we're just going to to burn the fuel the fuel is, is burning pretty good like it burns really good and, and then we go real fast so you know why why do that but
0: oh and um, the profits and the yeah. profits those sweet sweet profits
1: yeah yeah if we if they switch to an ev then then the sound you're going to hear rather than like a vroom is going to be like a and that's not that's just not a the power
0: is going to be built in otherwise and then they can't just keep selling us gas every single week and also gauging the uh, gouging the price of of the gas that that we rely on to get to work so that we can make a living and even though our labor is being exploited
1: (laughs) yeah hell yeah let's go around that track let's drive out to the racetrack
0: (laughs) oh man well, thank you for explaining um, the background of that, and you know, getting into it, I I enjoy it. Um, the last little uh, piece that I wanted to talk about, well, I don't want to say little, but um, it's uh, one of the looping animations that was um, in the show. Uh, I think I believe it was in the show. Um, Bird, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: this this uh, looping animation, um, I love it so. <laughs> I would love to hear um, anything about it that you would like to share.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really quite. Um, that's a, that's a simple one for me to explain. So thank you for the softball. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's what I'm trying to do here. You know,
1: <laughs> keep
0: um, it, keep it lighthearted.
1: <laughs> very yeah, that no, that's the perfect. It's very lighthearted. Um, I mean, bird, as you as you probably gathered from like the motion of it as um, it's an animation of me flicking the bird uh, with with my left hand, which um, you know for for context, when I, like my particular like birth defect, um, what happened was at least my understanding of what happened is that like my mom's water partially broke at mm-hmm. some point in the pregnancy, and, like, she she went to a doctor, and they did an ultrasound to see if anything, you know, was, was wrong, um, and as far as they could tell, nothing was wrong, but it was just because I was, like, they could only see my right side, like, I was facing the other side, um, but as a result of, like, I guess having less fluid to be working with, like, some of that dried and formed into like basically like rubber bands it's called amniotic band syndrome um and as a result of that like left digits like left extremities um like didn't develop the same way and um so like on my on my left hand uh for example like I had a thumb I had what you might consider a thumb but in reality it was just like there was no muscle there was no bone
2: mm. it was
1: really just like a flab of skin I don't even know if it had a nail mm. um and so at you know when I was an freshly born doctors made the decision you know with my parents but they made the decision to um just like chop that off and then take my Pointer finger, and turn that into a thumb. Like they they did some real
2: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Sign
1: of my hand. Yeah. To give me like you know opposable thumb is the defining like characteristic of uh, you know humans mm-hmm. sort of, uh, and mm-hmm. raccoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, human. Um, <laughs> so I I I I don't really have a thumb. I just have like a pointer finger that works like a thumb and and everything has proceeded since then um so that makes the next finger in line which most people would consider the pointer finger just by like the position of it um that's actually my like middle finger so for Mm -hmm. me to flash someone the middle finger it kind of just looks like I'm like pointing up into the air um So I I like that because if if you're not familiar with that story or if you're not like if you're not counting the fingers from the pinky then you just you don't really know what that like gesture is doing yeah Um, but if you are familiar and you do catch on and you read the title and you start thinking about it then you're like oh it's flicking me off here Uh (laughs) um so, yeah, so like part of part of that whole show is also like if i'm if I'm creating this persona, um, yeah. you know, this this entity that is like a brand that like a brand is surrounded by, like what would that be? And like my favorite um, piece of wisdom from Stone Cold Steve Austin is that the the best wrestlers, um are just themselves turned up to 11. So, like, that's what he was. That's what The Rock was and is. um, And, you know, in his opinion, the best wrestlers are some authentic, you know, version of themselves, but just everything that they are turned up to another level. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm like, I want to embody that, like, you know, I do have a temper. Like, I'm not just... You know, I don't show it to most people because most people don't like there's no reason for me to I try to be pacifist. but um, but like i I do have anger, and i and I do get animated about things, and I am passionate. And you know, yeah, if we're if we're being this persona of like, you know, I want to be this like, I wanna show the no nonsense sides of me, even though literally fucking everything I do is nonsense. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, I I wanna be this like, I wanna embody something that like, you know, day to day I'm not, but if I was gonna be me turned up to 11, you better believe I would be this like, you know, very, you know, brash, sexy, you know, flames and fire and, you know, spectacle and all this stuff so like mm-hmm. me, me flipping the bird is like embodying that attitude yeah. and, but like doing it with my left hand is like oh no like yeah he's got this attitude but but you kind of have to be like paying attention to really like get the idea you catch know?
0: up on it mm-hmm. well thank you so much um you know i'm really glad that you um you know took what um I forget who you said uh said it but who said that your work um should be more vulnerable or
2: my friend david
0: yeah i'm glad glad you, you took that to heart and um you know thank you for being vulnerable and like letting us know um more inside of um these pieces and a little bit of uh you know showing us your brain you know letting us pick your brain a little bit and um really get to know more about um your practice and uh, all the stuff that you're doing and thinking about um which leads me into you know i want to i want to also give you a chance if you would like um to talk about anything that you got coming up that you're excited about or um anything that you'd like to point people to also if there's any like um, any other projects that other people have got going on that you think is cool, that you think people should pay attention to, um, I, I give you the stage for that.
1: Awesome, thank you, um, I mean, I should start, I'm in, I'm in, like, four shows this month, Oof. Um, which I was not expecting last month, but it's just kind of, it's kind of happened that way, but, um, so, I can use that to tie into like things I think everybody should be aware of. But, um, yeah, um, Kathy Gibson put me into a show that she put together in her um, in her uh, apartment that is like a really wonderful house show. Um, she is like an independent curator. Um, she used to run like also used to be a director of um gallery 221 at hcc actually made it gallery 221 she's the person that um named it that um and then for for a while she was also making um art shows in a house that she was in uh and it was called art house um and then as she's moved to different places there's been different iterations of her art house project and this one is now art house upstairs because her apartment is on an upper level Um, but you have to follow her on instagram to get those details and to make appointments for that um, if you'd like to see that because it is private residence so um, all that information can be on hers uh, do you need me to find that? Uh,
0: I can, I will link it, yes. Um, if you do want to shout it out now, too. Um.
1: It's at Kate Lee Gibson. So K A T E L E E Gibson. Okay. And there's information on that there. Um,
0: okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have all the links and stuff too in any of the descriptions.
1: Um, and then. I'll be in. I I am currently also in a show at um, at the gallery that we both work at, Gallery Two Two Hundred HCC, like I mentioned. Um, we're both in the Fasta Faculty Staff Alumni Exhibition, which was actually also curated by Kathy Gibson. So, yeah, uh, two shows curated by Kathy Gibson. So thank you, Kathy. Um, thank you, and. Um, that show is going to close September 29th, so at the end of this month, uh, but my work is there until then. Um, and then I'm, I'm in two shows on the same night, September 23rd, um, which is a Friday, and um, I'm very excited to be uh, in Merge Culture Gallery run by oh. Tony Kroll um, for a show there with number of other artists that I'm really um, excited about and that's called a new and and that's part of Blue on Franklin which is starting up again um, hence the new oh, so I'm very okay. happy to be invited to be part of that yeah uh, and then the other show I'm in that night is actually to um, be in the inaugural show of a new space um, that has that's Going to be opened by um, Finn Schult and Erica. I I don't know how to pronounce her, her last name, but um, Ludke, I think, is how it's uh, how I read it in my head. Um, but it's called Eris Gallery, um, and I'm really excited for that space in general. I think it's a I think it's going to be a great project. Um, Really. Is that one open? open. Also, September twenty third. Oh,
0: that's definitely. right.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, and I think that goes from six to nine, and I think Blue on Franklin goes from seven to eleven.
0: Eleven. Usually, yeah.
1: So, don't just go to Exciting. one. now. Don't you? You can go to both if you're feeling like it. You know. Absolutely. You can, you can hop, hop across the bridge. Um. But, yeah, running through the Sawgrass is what that show's called. Um, and it's it's a, I think it's going to be a great show. Um, so all of these all these shows have sort of work from um, but obviously recontextualized. and
0: yeah,
1: I'm putting things in these shows that aren't um, just, you know, the the way that people saw them uh in that show so um sure. and there's a bunch of other wonderful artists in in each of those shows too so you know
2: don't yeah.
1: don't go just for me but if you are going just for me you'll be delighted <laughs> by other people, you know um, and then yeah i i guess it's this is like the first public thing i've ever uh announced this on but um I am. I am starting my own gallery space. Um, if if you are familiar with the T-shirts that I made for Narcissus, um, I made shirts with my hand logo on the back, um, but on the front it said Department of Contemporary Art, Tampa, Florida, and I had also put established 1994 because I, I wanted to be. A little bit arrogant, um, <laughs> so yeah, you know there was no contemporary art before I was born.
2: No,
1: Florida. Um, but um, I have taken that name now and taken that kind of silly idea uh, into an even more silly. No, uh, <laughs> even I'm. Um, I'm. You know, I'm legitimizing it because
2: yeah. Well, yeah. I find
1: a piece of paper and send it to the government, and now I can. I can be legitimately the. Um, Department of Contemporary Art, Tampa, Florida, so um, this space is going to be one of multiple spaces that are going to be opening in the Cress Annex, uh, second floor of the Cress Building in Ebor, which is uh, on the same block as the Hookah Lounge, um, and it's like in front of Crowbar, so I don't know what that cross street is, but...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The door will be on 7th Avenue um, and there will be a a second floor space and um, it's going to be me. Um, It's going to be a curatorial project mostly. um, And it's focused on art in the region. People that I know and that I think are making amazing work and people that maybe I don't know are going to be invited to come and participate and and share their work. Um, I want to do weekly critiques once everything starts getting up and running. So I want to I want people to be able to come to this room with the work that they're making and I want to be able to help people get to make the work that they, you know, want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be a resource for artists. I want, I want, you know, I want people to have now a room that, like, with me supporting them, they can do whatever they want that fits in this room, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I can work on my curatorial project and, um, you know, make the kind of statements that I want to make about the world around us and about the world that, like, I, like we started talking about, like, the world that I want to see. Yeah. I get to make those statements and bring those ideas to life through the work of other people that I'm curating in that room. So, um, I'm envisioning also it being, um, sort of like a micro museum. So as much as there'll be exhibition, there will also be a small retail aspect, like a museum store where also people that our artists and creatives making dope shit in the area can have a place that can sell it physically um you know break trying to break down those barriers or at least provide another avenue than just like the online platforms because as as wonderful and liberating as the online platforms can be like i do not think they are a substitute and the and at the very least i do not think they are a sustainable substitute yeah. for a a space that's in the world in the real world that, that
2: yeah.
1: you know I, if you don't know a lot of artists around here but you 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 want something that's created by like a a person that you can get to know and they live in the same city mm-hmm. as you and they're you know, speaking the same language visually as what you're absorbed with in your community, then, you know, I want there to be a place uh, that, that can show that. And and I think not just me, but a lot of the people on that floor around me are gonna be sharing that same vision. Um, you know, there's gonna be a Tempest space up there, Quaid is moving up there, which I'm I'm also a part of Quaid. Um, uh, there's gonna be a new gallery, Parachute Gallery, Run by Jessica Todd,
0: it's going to have like
1: a craft focus, but also a retail component. Uh, there's going to be a micro cinema, um, and there's you know there's going to be a, a rotating curatorial space there as well for for people to come in, um, you know, different people all the time to be sharing projects that they're doing. So I think there's it's a good time to be um, an artist in Tampa. Um, yeah, but you know. In the sense that there's hope for cool things coming up, but we're all gonna be putting in work now. We all gotta be doing a bunch of work and getting it really going. So, if you're an artist and you're listening, you know, if you're an artist and you're listening, follow along. (laughs) Yeah. Get in, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm approachable. I promise. I, (laughs) I am concerned only with making dope shit so if you want to make dope shit um and you and you feel like you need some support in that realm let's do reach it out.
0: hell yeah well, congratulations and yeah thanks for sharing um i'm really excited to um see it all i think uh, like yeah kind of like what you said you're putting in all the work now you're laying all the seeds um but I'm excited for all of us to um, participate, and I think it'll be a really great um, new space for um, the community to gather and also like grow. So again, congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think that about wraps up uh, most of uh, everything. Uh, you know, we kind of talked to, for a million more years, I'm sure, but um, I really appreciate uh, all of the um, insight. Uh, I learned a lot and I just overall, I really enjoyed, um, you know, hearing you speak about the work and all the exciting things to come. So thanks for taking the time to be here this evening
1: of course yeah thank thank you for having me sorry I kept you so late
0: <laughs> no I, I'm no worries at all I I really um have felt very um inspired when I have these calls so I really just enjoy every minute of it and I'm glad that you know we both were able to take the time so again thank you <laughs> And all the links, anything that was talked about will be in the description, wherever you are, whatever what platform you're listening to this on. Um, Make sure you go check out Emiliano's work uh, on the website, on Instagram, whichever, you know, platform suits you most. Um, And we will see you on the next one. And before I forget, I completely forgot to mention this during the episode, but as you all know, if you've been a listener before, I like to shout out a um, small organization or a mutual aid request uh, in every episode. So this time I'm going to be highlighting For the People food plot, and they are currently working on preparing a land that will... Um, have plenty of food on it. So uh, that is an ongoing project currently in Ybor City of Tampa. Um, I have volunteered once and I want to volunteer again, so if you would like to contribute to this cause, go ahead and um, go to the description of this episode. There will be their Instagram handle, um, and they post volunteer opportunities Uh, so if you're interested in helping get that started, um, go check it out. I just wanted to give a special thank you to our listeners, you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these podcast episodes. It means so much to me, and I'm sure it means the world to our guests as well. I also wanted to uh, give a shout out to my patrons on Patreon for sponsoring this episode. Um, They all make it possible for this podcast to be a thing, uh, and their support also helps me pay my podcast guests. So thank you so much for your support, your ongoing support on this project. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit patreon.com miamakesit And of course, uh, whichever platform that you are choosing to listen to this podcast on, Um, There will be links for everything below, uh, as well as my Venmo, which if you would like to make a one-time donation to the podcast, uh, that will be there as well, um, along with my Cash App. So uh, I really appreciate it again, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you look forward to the next one. See you soon.